Kirsten. We've served in church leadership for over two decades. And most of that, we've been on staff together. We're here to talk about our faith, family, and ministry. Welcome to Under the Hood. So I had several people ask me um, after service this past weekend about the opening illustration that I used about the brother and his brother-in-law that exchanged the pants back and forth. Mm-hmm. We've gotten a lot of good laughs out of that. And and what I'm talking about is uh, the story of Larry Knuckle, who was given a pair of pants and uh, by his mother back in 1964, and he didn't like them. So he re-gifted them to his uh, brother-in-law, Roy. And he didn't like him either. So the very next <laughs> Christmas, he regifted him back to um, his brother-in-law Larry. But he shoved him inside of a pipe and made it really hard to open it. And then this Christmas tradition was just on, and they went back and forth for 25 years. Where you know, I told this story to the church, and um, if you want the whole story, you can you can uh, listen to the sermon if you'd like. But but it got a lot of laughter, and I had a lot of people ask me about. It. I think I think the one that got him the most is when um, one year one of the either Larry or Roy one. One of them sent the pants in a crushed car and with a note that said, Hey, the pants are in the glove box, you know, good luck. Anyway, it, that has sparked a lot of conversation. And even between you and I, Kirsten, mm-hmm. we were talking about our own um, Christmas traditions and I kind of outed your Christmas tradition, but yeah, I had permission. I was like, Why didn't you use your family traditions? <laughs> well, I, I, I asked you ahead of time. I That's did have right, it, one of the things, you know, I, I don't usually tell stories or illustrations on my kids or my wife without their blessings. I would never want to embarrass them. And well, that's not embarrassing. I just thought, well, that's, that's odd that you're not telling your family traditions. We but have some family traditions. I, I love my family traditions, but I wasn't the one. I can tell you the them. one family tradition every Christmas, speaking of Christmas traditions, yeah. um, that we did every year. And this followed me all the way into college. In fact, my dad told me, I think when I got married, I think the year I got married, my dad said, this tradition's over. Okay. <laughs> so these like, we're done. So, and the tradition was um, Christmas stockings. So every Christmas morning from the time I was little, um, our Christmas stocking was stuffed full of Hershey Kisses. Okay. Oh, that's a a Dick Williams classic, though. He loved Hershey Kisses. Yeah, so there was a bunch of Hershey Kisses, and there was a can of Pringles shoved down into the stocking, because we love Pringles. And then right next to the stocking was a two liter of like Coke or Pepsi or whatever. And there was, we had one rule on, on, so so growing up, it was not free reign. You couldn't just, I was never allowed to just go to the fridge and get whatever I wanted. I couldn't just raid the kitchen cabinets. I couldn't well, just. Well, most little and, kids can't. Well, I, I, I guess there's a certain age that you finally, t- I remember. I don't know when kids, that transition. asking me, just go get it. Yeah, I don't know when that, tra- but on this one magical day <laughs> called Christmas, I could eat as much chips, as much Hershey Kisses, and and, and I could drink, soda. if I wanted to drink the whole two liter of, of Coke all that day, there were no limits Nice. where there was no limits when it came to the stocking. So Hershey kisses Pringles and Coke. And, um, now that I look back on it, I think maybe just maybe that unlocks something inside of me. Maybe that's my problem. <laughs> maybe I only had no limits yeah. on one day. And now as an adult, I have no limits, no limits any day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but that's, that's the, I was going to say, well, I do think you're still keeping with the two liter a day kind of habit. Oh. <laughs> Am I outing you right now? 
I did joke on Sunday about or this weekend about how expensive Diet Coke has gotten. And I, <laughs> in case you don't know anybody listening, I love Diet Coke. It's my drink of choice, and it's gotten so stinking expensive lately. You know, it costs two dollars and fifty eight cents for a old. two liter. I know for a two liter of Diet Coke, and you know what? I drew the line at two bucks. Yeah. When it crossed over the two dollar threshold, I said something's got to change. I don't know if it's the president of the United States that needs to change. I don't know oh what needs God. to change. Something's got to change because this two dollars for a Diet Coke is ridiculous. I uh, I switched to Diet Sam's Club Cola, and I actually like it. And it was ni- it was ninety six cents for a two liter, so it kind of made me feel better. And it's not really can I afford it or not. It's principle. Nobody should pay two dollars and fifty eight cents for a two liter of Diet Coke. So well, you I know I was just not. But they made pop. me mad the other day. They made me really mad. It, like right right around Thanksgiving or right before Thanksgiving, they increased the price of Diet Sam's Club Cola from ninety six cents. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Because this is so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's not stupid. They raised it twenty two cents. I know. I I I just don't feel bad for you because I just they raised it to a dollar eighteen, and I felt like I needed to talk to the manager. I was just it was wrong. Like where's <laughs> he's that guy walking down the aisle, real huffy and puffy. Where's the? Manager? I was having a father of the this bride diet moment. Cola should not be this. Expensive. No, I was having a father of the yes. bride moment. Have you seen moving fa- the superfluous buns? Yes, there's this moment in the movie Father of the Bride where Steve Martin is having a meltdown over the Complete cost of this wedding, meltdown. and so he goes and there's there's uh, uh, he wants me, hot sir. dogs, he wants hot dogs, and he wants buns, but there's more hot dogs. No, there's more buns than more hot dogs, yes. and he goes, you know why this is happening? Because some big shot at the Wiener Company got together with some, some big, big shot at the bun, bun company, company and started to rip, rip off, off the, the American, American public. public. Yes. <laughs> That's how I feel. Some big shot at the Diet Coke Company got together with some big shot <laughs> somewhere. Anyway, so that was our, no, that was our that's the one tradition that stands out, I think, above the rest. Hershey Kisses, Pringles, and Coke without limits on all stuffed in the stocking. What about, Kirsten, I kind of added your family out, but you want to refresh everybody what your tradition was? Yeah, well, we always had Christmas. Our celebration was on Christmas Eve, and so we would have rice, chicken Kiev, strawberry jello. You missed that one over the weekend. I think I said salad, salad and I meant like no. pretzel salad. No, it was actually like real just strawberry jello with strawberries in it. And the joke in our family was, is it ever going to be set up? Because <laughs> I love my mom. She does not love to cook. And if she's listening right now, she would probably be nodding. Yes. She, sometimes the jello would set and other times it would not. And I don't know how it would not set up, but anyway, we had green bean casserole and crescent rolls um and that was our tradition and then we would open gifts so chicken kiev for those of you who don't know is delicious but if you make it homemade it's going to be a little bit more difficult but it is just chicken breast with um butter and chives in the middle and bread so as opposed to not homemade it just comes off a of factory assembly line frozen and well, that's sim- how we had it growing <laughs> up my, like i said my mom you didn't, didn't make it from scratch you got it from we had there was something called market day back mm-hmm. then um, our school used it as a fundraiser and so we would just order she would order chicken kiev um around christmas time and, and it comes 
frozen. Yeah, and so kind of looks I like a hot pocket when you get, get it. You can actually even get them like at Aldi and stuff now. Like most people would are more familiar with chicken cordon bleu, so it's similar. It's in the same line as that, but, but it's a piece of chicken. Is, yeah, chicken with stuffed with butter and basically. Yeah, butter and chives. Yeah. And then you cook it, you bake it. Yep. And, um, For and about then, 45 minutes or so. And, and then. And it comes out in one piece and you set it on top of the bed of rice. And the second you cut into it, all the butter drains out of it onto the rice mm. and you eat it all together. Sounds delicious. It, it is. Then the first, when I first married you and my first Christmas with you guys, you did this. Yeah. And I was expecting, you know, ham or turkey or mashed potatoes. Oh, or like, no. And like, oh, what is this thing? <laughs> <laughs> but I have to admit, it was very good. It, yeah, and then you is. guys would open presents on yep. Christmas Eve. Yep. And then the next day, you did stockings, and yeah. you got to go with the whole family. That was your Christmas yeah, tradition. Yeah, my grandparents didn't live very far from us. I grew up basically in the same town my whole life, in um, right, a suburb outside Chicago. And so my grandparents lived right around the corner. And we would go over to their house, and they had a huge dining room. And all your cousins, aunt, aunts, cousins, uncles, they all yep, lived really close uncle, together. Yep. And we would all get together, and we'd have share a big meal together. My aunt was always late. That was tradition, too, because if she came on time, that was really weird. It never <laughs> happened, though. And um, we would have dinner and dessert, and then we'd sit and open gifts and um, play. It was a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah. Good memories. Yeah. yeah and then sure. our tradition, since we got married, and I, I'm going to say one thing real being in the ministry makes it a lot more difficult to have traditions. It's weird. It's weird because our lives are so, we are so focused on Christmas Eve and there's so around the church for sure. Yeah. Um, but we do have a few. Have yeah. Do- when the kids were younger and we lived, we used to live in Kansas city. And so we would go to the tree lighting in Zona Rosa. And that was yep. a tradition for every year, every year. And um, my favorite, until we moved my here. favorite tree lighting. And so they, they, they like down in downtown. It's kind of like downtown Bentonville, but the, there's like a center square of the shopping outdoor shopping area. Lots of trees and lights, and they had this big countdown parade and big deal. And my favorite one, we were out there, and Santa was riding through on his sleigh, this big production, and he gets up to the microphone. He's like, "Ho ho ho! Let's count down the light. Ten. Nine. Nine and everybody's eight. Somebody on the switch hit it early and they started all the lights at seven. Seven. Boom, 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 boom. This whole thing lit up like, you know, and, and he's we like, wish you a Merry Christmas. And Santa's <laughs> counting down and we start singing and like, what? Anyway, it was pretty funny to us. We just mo- laughed out loud. I think we, we are like involved in up. so much production type conversations mm-hmm. uh, with everything we're doing and, and, and planning and organizing and coordinating. When it when something funny like that happened to somebody else, it just cracked us up. It was, it was really funny, <laughs> but that was one of our traditions. Growing gingerbread up. houses, we always do we that. Always even now, even today, house. the boys will build a gingerbread house, yep. and that's a lot of fun. And we also have uh, cookie day. Cookie day, that's yeah. always a tradition. Our life group comes over for cookie day. We um, all bake the cookies, kids decorate, decorate cookies. cookies. We usually get a little crazy with that stuff like that. So we always go see the lights. That was a tradition I had growing up. Was we would go to the certain neighborhood and see the Christmas lights and stuff like that. So um, I don't know. I mean, every family has different traditions of things that they go to, things they go see, things they have to eat. Like 
one of our traditions in our family was having Chex Mix and spinach dip as one of our snacks while we open gifts. Now, my sister is super traditional where I'm just kind of like, eh, like I like some of that stuff, but I don't have to have it while I open gifts and cranberry bog or perker punch. I can't remember which one, which I make perker punch. But anyway, so some of those, I mean, everybody has different traditions of things they need to see and go do. And um, you just have to create traditions. And so, um, I, I mean, they're good memories as kids. So hopefully we've created some good traditions and memories for our boys. I sure hope so. I guess time will tell. Yeah, for sure. We'll see if when they're older, married with kids, if they carry on any of these traditions. You know what? One day we get to be grandma and grandpa. One day. I was like, hello. No, one day when, and it'll be it. interesting to see how our family <laughs> shapes out. And then uh, maybe one day all the kids and grandkids come over to our house and we form brand new traditions with the grandkids. Yeah. Who knows? That's Hopefully that's a lot of years from now. That made me sound really old. Um, yes, you are old. I have to be a little honest with everybody here because I'm I'm a little bit on edge and a little bit annoyed today. Uh-oh. Here we go. Because the Kansas City Chiefs lost <laughs> yesterday. And you and were grumpy yesterday. I don't think I don't let no, I don't think I let no. it affect you. Do you, you think I was? Oh yeah. So and I knew as soon as they lost, I was the like, Chiefs, oh, great. The Chiefs played the go. Cincinnati Bengals, and the Bengals have beat us the, the last two times. They're the ones who knocked us out of the Super Bowl contention last year. And so this was kind of like payback game. I mean, it's like this is the game where we exert our dominance over those pesky Bengals and that Joe Burrow and those Bengals. We gave it away. We should have won, but we fumbled the ball and gave so I have to admit. I'm a little bit annoyed because the um, the Chiefs did not live up to expectations and a little bit bothered, but it kind of got me thinking too. Um, there's a lot of expectations these days, <laughs> especially Chris. Would you, would you agree with that, Kirsten? There's, oh, yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of expectations with, and I would say expectations and pressures with this holiday season. Mm-hmm. And... I think about a lot of that sometimes, and sometimes I just sit back and wonder why do I why do I have to live up to these expectations, or who's actually expecting these things of me? And something being in the ministry, um, I I talk to a lot of people that really just wrestle with meeting expectations. Just me because we live in these world this world with perceived expectations, realistic expectations, and a lot of them I wonder how much of those are are not realistic expectations, mm-hmm. you know. I'm just thinking, I wonder if we just self-imposed expectations and 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 how how does that dominate our lives and how many times do we go about our lives trying to live up to or own up to or be something that is an expectation that doesn't really exist. Well, I think it's important that you really take a step back and have that conversation with yourself too. Of like, wait a second, just about expectations and like you said, and managing them and understanding, wait, did I put an expectation on myself? Is that an expectation that someone else has on me? And really evaluate it, especially around the holidays. And I think it's the holidays that's really got me thinking about this this uh, idea of expectation, just visiting with friends and just, you know, let's be honest, how many people we talked to already that have said, I don't know how I'm going to meet my kids' expectations for Christmas well, this year. they're stressed because they're like, oh, this, you know, they expect this many gifts or this and that. And I'm like, why? I mean, I, I, I think everybody does it differently. 
and maybe even we are a little bit more, I don't know, I would use the word cheap. You would say frugal. Yes, we have two different words. Kirsten calls things like, like she'll I'm accuse like, me of like, you're just being cheap. And I was like, I'm not being cheap. I'm being frugal. But we would probably consider ourselves more frugal when it comes to the holidays. We're not I think so. frivolous. We just don't spend as much. But our kids don't have that expectation because we set that a long time ago that we're not going to spend a lot of money because honestly... We don't have a lot of needs. Well, let's talk about expectations for just a minute. And, you know, um, let's just walk down through some of the expectations. Like we've talked with folks and we've had a lot of years of just helping people through this season mm-hmm. of, of, you know, we've had people, we've had people in tears talking to us before, like our kids have this expectation. I don't know how I'm going to meet it or they're going through a job change or a life change or, or some like right now we're going through massive inflation. Mm-hmm. All right. Everything. I just joked about how diet Coke costs way more than what it should. <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I think there's some things, maybe we just can talk for a minute about how, how do you manage some of these expectations during the holidays? Well, I think just having honest conversations with your family or your kids, your children about what to expect. So if I think that's huge. Yeah. If your season of life is different or if they have expectations that you're definitely not going to meet, just be honest with them. I mean... I know, I remember back when I was a kid and my parents had bought a new house and they were making two house payments. And I remember my mom- They were trying to move out of one into yeah. the other. They got stuck. A lot of people do with like, oh my goodness. I Right. So the, the other house hadn't sold. And so they were making two house payments and they're like, look, kids- we don't have as much money this year. And so um, Chris, we're still going to have Christmas, obviously, but um, don't, you know, we're just going to get you one gift instead of what, two or three. I don't remember. And I remember that conversation because I, I can appreciate that my parents just had a conversation and told us, you know, hey, this is what's going on. And how can you argue with that? So I think just having an honest conversation, whether it be with another adult, a parent or a sibling or your children and just say, hey, you know, we're just going to have this honest conversation. This is what's going to happen. This, These are the expectations. You know, I think it's key about your parents too with that as you I listen to you talk about that. They didn't try to for something that wasn't there. Mm-hmm. They just basically said, hey, we're better off just be open and honest with our kids. We just don't have the resources this year to do Christmas. Mm-hmm. And should it always be about the gifts anyway? Right. You know, no. I think sometimes we might think our kids have all these expectations and and maybe you're always, here's what a lot of parents get into. I got to do better than last Christmas. I got to yeah. up it. I, every year I got to up it. And that there comes a point where, man, how far is too far? And it almost becomes an unrealistic thing to keep going the way you are. As your kids are born, it's way easier to say, hey, I gave you a pacifier or I gave you diapers for Christmas. But, you know, as your kids get older, they do, they start to say, oh, I want this really expensive something or I want this. And they have a whole case of the I wants. And so then you're like, well, hey, why don't you give me a couple ideas? But, you know, it's interesting because now we have an 18 year old and, and he's like, well, I know you won't spend this much. So maybe. Maybe you could just give me some money and I could buy it myself. Is that your Neil impersonation? I guess so. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's something that has changed too. When we were kids, I don't remember the things that I wanted as a junior high, high school Mm -hmm. kid. I don't remember those things being nearly as expensive as what toys cost today. So like, like for me, like I remember wanting a Nintendo 
and a Nintendo was like back then, what, $100? Well, maybe inflation, I have to do the calculations, but I mean, maybe an $80 or $100 Nintendo as opposed to a $800, you know, or what's a PlayStation 5 cost these days? $600, seven, I don't, I don't know. But like, I don't remember as a kid wanting Here, gifts kids. that were Here's your gift hundreds of six years. Well, <laughs> and you know what? When we were kids, you know, a $1,200 iPhone certainly wasn't on the Christmas list. I can tell you that. Well, and, I was even having a conversation with my mom back in the day. Parents were like, you get one gift. It might be a dollar or something. And my mom said, and it might've been something that they made where they got used. It wasn't brand new. And so our, our, our media has changed to influence us and us as parents, as the consumer, our kids who are like, I need, I want, I need, I need. Well, Christmas is big business. And I think kind of what we're trying to communicate is, is there is absolutely nothing wrong to have an honest conversation with your kids Mm -hmm. and let them know, Hey, um, here's the expectations. Here's what you can expect. You know, you just not, it's not putting a want want on Christmas, but it's like, Hey, we're going to get you one really nice gift this year. Well, and and don't, don't underestimate the fact that you could just spend time together and just share uh, a shared experience together. That's right. I, you know, here's what I would say. Running up a credit card to meet some kind of expectation that you think is there or isn't there, whatever that is, running up a credit card debt for Christmas mm-hmm. is not a good idea. Mm-hmm. It's not, I can't think of really a good idea to ever run up a credit card debt, but that's the pressure that I think a lot of people, we don't want to disappoint our kids. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I think it's fine to disappoint your kids. <laughs> you know, I kind of make it a point to disappoint my kids at least once a day, but no. And I'll, <laughs> builds character. It builds character. That's right. Um, you know, I'm actually okay if they lose from mm-hmm. time. It actually, you know, it's, it's okay if they don't get everything they want. I don't know why there's this temptation inside of us as parents to try to give them everything they want. Even deep down, we know it's probably not going to be healthy for them. Mm-hmm. So I would say, here, here's what I think. I think honesty with your kids, letting them know where you're at, let them know. Hey, I'm not spending thousands of dollars on you in Christmas. We're going to get, we're going to get a gift and don't ever run up a credit card. Don't ever bow down to that kind of weird expectation and spend the next however many months of your life trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Ta- you had mentioned time together. Yeah. Time together is an incredible gift. And here's what I'm learning more and more as I get older. Um, I don't think your kids were, are going to see time together as a gift. But when, they're older. but when they're older, yeah. just like we're doing now, reminiscing some things, mm-hmm. when they're older, they will see it as a gift. Mm-hmm. And as a parent, managing these expectations as for Christmas around the holidays, you got to remember, you're playing a long game being a parent. Christmas is a short game. Gift, Real gift giving, investing, that's a long game. And your children, what do you want them to remember? I, I can promise you they're not going to remember the year that you gave them you know, $1,200 worth of an iPhone. They're not going to remember that Christmas as much as they're going to remember you know, sitting around the Christmas tree, singing carols, Christmas well, songs, going out and doing things together. Yeah, going, just you know, spending time together. Time. To see the lights or um, kind of an old school thing is you know, maybe go Christmas caroling or grab a few people and go Christmas caroling, which... 
honestly, I think my boys would actually absolutely love to do that. And we probably haven't done that together. Um, but they would absolutely love something like that because they love being with their friends or our life group or wherever. And they would love that shared experience of just being together in that time. And we look at that and say, this is a really cool opportunity for them, but this is something that they will remember. And that's going to be way more important. That shared experience will be a memory that they have. They will not remember what they got for Christmas. Nope. Just like you and I barely remember all the gifts that we've gotten for Christmas. But what we remember is the Christmas caroling, the going out the Christmas oh, yeah. lights. Um, we remember the family dinners. We remember the shared experiences, not the gifts. I think that's the things we should be investing in more than anything else. Um, I would say, too, that if you're trying to manage some of these quote-unquote expectations, I would say most of them are self-imposed or mm-hmm. you know misperceived expectations. But I, I would say if you're in a rut, like every year you're just stressed out all the time over getting gifts. How am I going to top last Christmas fulfilling all the things that my children want and built and that pressure. If you want to break that cycle, I would suggest you do this. Use this year to absolutely flip the script, mm-hmm. absolutely flip the script, flip it around and just say to your family, they'll love it. They'll appreciate it later. Um, for sure. And they might appreciate it now, but say, Hey, this Christmas this year, it's not going to be all about us. We're going to do these things, but you know what we're going to try to do? We're actually going to try to serve somebody else. We're going to serve some other family. We're going to do, we're going to flip the, you got it. Sometimes you got to rip the bandit off and you got to break this, the cycle. And this may be the Christmas where you just flip the script mm-hmm. and, um, and we're just going to go serve other people. Well, and I love one of the things when your parents became empty nesters and family wasn't coming to see them was that they would go serve at a, a like a soup kitchen and and serve the community and what a great opportunity to do that as a family or something. Um, the other thing would be um, something that our church does is like action teams and get some funds. Ask other organizations if they have funds and create like some kind of um, service project together and do something that's yeah. you know for other people. You know, one year we did not to pat ourselves on the back, but but um, we prepared a whole bunch of meals and we froze them. And then around the holidays, we 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 went around and tried to think of every single parent, foster parent, adopted parent situation. And we tried to find who they were. And our life group actually did this. We had a day where all we did was we built meals together. Mm-hmm. Like I think they were like a taco night or lasagna night, some kind of pasta, easily frozen. Mm-hmm. And then around the holidays, we went out and we just started delivering these things. And I, mm-hmm. I think these are little things you can do to kind of help flip that script just a little bit. Like it's almost like when you put your foot down, it's like, I refuse to live under the stress anymore. And it can't be all about this stuff. It's got to be about something else. So maybe you do go serve at a homeless shelter mm-hmm. on on Christmas. Take your whole family and say, this is something we're going to do this year. We're going to do this with our family. You know, maybe open a gift or two. Um, but really, we're going to maybe take those same resources or so, and go invest in some other people. Get together with your life group. Those are the kind of things that you'll remember more than anything else. Mm-hmm. And it helps break that cycle. And then if you can break that cycle, then you can kind of reset it the next year. It's going to be a little different. You know, we're not going to do this, but sometimes you just got to rip the bandaid off. Well, I think one of the things that we've appreciated, especially living here is we have 
our life group we call our squad and having create a squad a, a group of people if you don't have family around have a squad of people that you can go do something with or have them over and create memories together uh, even if you don't have kids in your home just to be together and have that time together you said something to me not too long ago you you were talking about the holidays and you said you know if somebody is alone on the holidays, then you can rest assured you're not the only one who's alone exactly. on the holidays. Exactly. And it might be an opportunity where, you know, you're still kind of flipping that script or doing something different. There's other people that are probably looking for fellowship around the holidays. You know, when I was growing up, we lived out in Portland, Oregon, and all of our family was back in the Midwest. Mm -hmm. And so we didn't have, you know, the traditional, hey, we're going to get together with family. Well, for us, if we were going to do that, we're going to have to get on a plane and fly 2,000 miles somewhere mm -hmm. else. But within our church, there were other families that we got to know that as I was growing up, that they didn't have any family close by either. And we just kind of, it wasn't a small group. It wasn't a life group or anything like that. It was just friends. Mm -hmm. And the adults were all around the same stage of life and they all had kids about the same. And I remember for about six years, every Thanksgiving, every Christmas, we got together with these people and it just formed a great, that's what it was. That's what I remember. I don't remember one gift really that I ever got, right. but I remember those holidays, those Thanksgivings, those, the, the, yeah, those Thanksgiving, those Christmases where we're with those people. And I have vivid memories of the things that we, that we did together. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think as I think through these things, we're just talking about them. I think you got to ask this real question. Are these expectations that I have, are they, first of all, valid? Are they real? Or are these things that I'm self-imposing? Mm -hmm. And if I've got the, if I've created a situation in my life where I've got these expectations I have to fill and it's stressing me out, it's taking all the joy out of the holidays, then I think there's some things that need to change, absolutely need to change. And uh, one of those is, you know, you and I have talked about this quite a bit. I think this is a huge one for managing expectations. And it's hard to do. It's slow down. Yep. This is a this is a season where everything wants to speed up on you. Oh, it's this, speeding up all This right. is about <laughs> intentionally slowing down. Someone posted on Instagram the other day, they're like between the signups on, you know, sign up sheets and your kids' parties at school and your kids' concerts and your kids' sports and your church activities. And for us, all the fundraisers we have to do right now with sporting events yeah, and orchestra. It's, it's such a busy time of year. One of our boys has like five or six concerts this month alone mm -hmm. on top of our our other kid who has tons of sporting events this month. And so, and that's, you know, just a couple of the things that are happening. And so it's busy and it's really hard to slow down and stop, but it's super important. And the other day I sat at home and I put my phone on the charger and sat on the couch and I remember just going, I need to do this more often. I had some music playing. I was looking at the Christmas tree and I'm like, for like an hour, I just sat there. And it's honestly, it's really unusual because people don't do that. And now I feel like I need to make my kids because I'm like, you need to do this. You need to sit there for an hour. How many times have we actually just put everything away and just sat and like did nothing? One of the most amazing experiences that I had in a long time it's amazing to me. If you knew my life, this would be amazing. But <laughs> do you remember last winter when it snowed? I mean, it snowed. It snowed a lot. Everything shut down. There wasn't anybody on the roads. I mean, it was, this place went 
this went down into lockdown mm-hmm. mode. And our it's house not hard to do in our our, our house kind of sits up on a hill. Um, it sits w- way back from one of the main roads in in Bella Vista. But but you know if you go out on our back deck, you can hear the roads, you can hear the cars, you can hear the trucks. Not nearly as bad now that they built the bypass around around the around the city. But but um, I, it was I don't know maybe nine o'clock at night. You called it the city. I was going to call it the village. <laughs> the village of Bella Vista. So <laughs> I walked out on the deck. And it was as quiet as I've ever heard. There weren't any animals running around, no chickmunks, no nothing like that, no squirrels, nothing. There was no cars. You could actually look out through the trees and you could see the road from our elevated, where we live, not a car, nothing. Just still. And it was dead, still quiet. And I think it was snowing just a little bit, but there wasn't any wind blowing. And I remember asking you to come outside with me and I said, do you hear that? And you're like, no, I don't hear anything. I said, exactly. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't so cold, <laughs> I would have liked to have sat out there for a long time. But maybe we stood out there for five minutes yeah. and just, is it weird to say, appreciated the dead silence? Mm-hmm. And I think maybe that's, that's something, a little bit of a lesson. Like this season right now, it's okay to slow down. It's okay to throttle back. It's okay, it's okay to, to pray for snow days. It's it's okay <laughs> to to pull back from these things. And, and 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 maybe there's some things in your life that you're like, I just can't pull back from that. But and I get it. I get it. There's, I mean, like I said, some of these expectations are real, but a lot of them I think are perceived. But I think if you could slow down and just like you said. Take some time to shut off all the electronics. Make your kids shut them down. Turn off the TV. Turn off the music. Turn off the clutter. Wide music playing. And just be still. Just be still. Um, Just visit with one another. Maybe there's a great opportunity for you to pull the family in and just read from Luke 2 and talk about Christmas that way. There is something to be said about just slowing down. You know, also, I think... um, Along with that, I would say, how do you navigate some of the the pressures of the holidays? I think, I think there's, I think all of us could really say, if we really looked at our lives, there are things that cause pressure that I can absolutely 100% just release today if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. And and I think it's perfectly within your right to say, I'm not doing that anymore. This no longer makes sense in my life. And I wonder how comes we can't always do that. You know, why can't we take a look at our calendar and look at our lives and just say, nope, not anymore. Some people are better at it than others. Some people are better than others. And and we we happen to be not very good at that. But (laughs) because we have, I think, self-imposed pressure sometimes. Some of it's very real pressure and expectations. But I wonder if I can encourage you guys to take a look at your month, your calendar. What is one, if if you're feeling this, you may not be feeling stressed at all, but if you are, what is one thing, what is one thing that you could go, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it anymore. Um, I have this tire pressure gauge at my house that I just absolutely love. I, it's like the greatest. It's just, a, it's, it's nothing fancy, but it's um, something I picked up last year. And you know, when you check the pressure on your tire, you, you stick the, the, uh, um, the gauge on your tire and it, test how much pressure is in there. Well, what's different about this gauge is that when you press it in on your, on your, uh, on your tire to get the measurement, it has a little button on there that you can leave it attached to your, to your tire 
And if it's got too much pressure, you can hit the button and you can actually hear it go. And you can just keep letting air out until you get to the, to the right pressure. And that means in a weird way, that means something to me because sometimes life can feel like an overinflated tire. And you're like, I need to release some of this air. I need to release the pressure. And I want you to know it's absolutely okay to hit that button and let that air out and get that down to the right balance of pressure. Because overinflated tires over time is going to wear your tire out fast. It's not going to, you know, you're going to not get as great a gas mileage. There are consequences to have of overfilled tire. There are consequences to having an overfilled schedule and having too much pressure for too long. And I think you need to give yourself the permission this holiday season to just hit the button and release some of that pressure because really at the end of the day, a lot of it won't matter in the long run. And I think what is more important is, is to focus on what is absolutely necessary. I don't know. That's just something that I think through managing expectations of the holidays. Take a good look at what you're doing. What's really important? What's really not all that important? How can you flip the script, if you will? So what did we say? Be honest with your kids. What else did we say? Spend time together. Spend time, time together. together. That's the gift. gift right there. Time together. What else? Um, flip the script. You know, if, you, if you're in a rut, you're doing the same thing every year. You don't like the direction your family's going. You don't like it. Flip the script. Do something else. Make this Christmas about serving somebody else, serving the underprivileged. Do something different. Be intentional and create a squad around you. Create people. Yeah. Spend time with people you love and 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 do something different. That's what they remember. Slow down. Absolutely. Slow down. Turn off the noise. That's what I would say, turn off the noise. And finally, give yourself the freedom to release some pressure. Stop doing what doesn't make sense anymore. That's all for today's show. We want to thank our amazing producer, Abby O'Brien. Be sure to check out our show notes in the link for things that we talked about today. And don't forget to subscribe. Thanks for joining us on Under Under the the Hood. Hood, not a car show.